Tony Pike waits for the snap, has the football, short drop, bobs one down the sideline for Bins. he's got it, touchdown, touchdown! Jaron dribbles into the front court, drives to the bucket, his shot, no good, put back up and in by Trayvon Scott, Cincinnati by one. Down in seven for the Red Hawks with a three-point lead. Game on the line on this play. Ragland waits for the shotgun snap, extends the hands, catches the ball. He's looking to throw from the one. His pass. Intercepted. Yeah. Yeah. to the yeah. end zone. Touchdown. Bearcats. Yeah. Shot it. He's picked it off. And Cincinnati has the lead. With one seven to go. Left. Copain driving to the bucket. Bank shot around the rim. It's good. It's good. It counts. It's good. And we're going to overtime. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 47 of the Go Beer Cats podcast. As always, I am your host, Brandon, and we are sitting live and on location for maybe just like the third time ever. This time at Dogberry Brewing in Westchester, I guess it is. Yes, technically Westchester. The voice that you're hearing there is my very special guest this week. Uh, some of you might follow him on Twitter. You might know him as The Weapon. Uh, more affectionately known as Pat TP. Pat, how's it going, sir? Pretty good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm glad to have you on here to talk some stories of Bearcat's past. Uh, we'll get into that in, in a minute as uh, we talk about why you're here. Sounds and good. Some stories uh, I think that uh, the listeners will certainly enjoy. But we're at Dogberry. This is the Go Beer Cats podcast. So we talk about beer a little bit. Okay. Uh, we always have a beer of the podcast. So, uh, as you were sipping on something there, which one did you pick off the list today? I went with the blonde. The blonde, blonde ale? The blonde ale, that is correct. The number 16. Hard to go wrong with a blonde ale. Keep it, keep it light. Keep it, keep keep it going it here. I'm a light beer kind of guy. So. Okay, that makes sense. Miller Lite is your go-to? Yeah, Bud Light, but uh, I'll drink a Miller. Okay, all right. Uh, so, I went with the, well, I've had three beers here, so I better slow down. As we as Better we start to record up. here, I'm, I went with the uh, what they call it, the Undone American IPA. So third third beer of the day here that'll uh, grease the wheels, if you will. There you go, um, them up. Yes. So live on location. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to Jesse, the bartender. I didn't think I would need an extension cord, and I did need one, or the computer would die, and our microphones wouldn't be plugged in. Jesse came through. He came. He came through in the clutch with an extension cord. So shout out to Jesse that's here this evening, uh, Pat. You are cousins with a friend of the show, Brian Canodal. That's correct. I don't know if you always claim him, but now it's out there. I didn't always claim him, but I do now. All right. So he he. Uh, I went to visit him in Cleveland a couple. Was that last weekend or the weekend before? I don't even remember now. Uh, and he uh, drunkenly reminded me of some stories that you had. Because you had served as a manager for the Bearcats basketball team. Correct. Uh, my freshman year would have been um, 2004-05, so it was Bob Huggins' final year. All right, so Bob Huggins' final year. Uh, so I brought you on here this because I love talking about Bearcats sports. That's why I started the podcast and everything. Uh, this team this year is a little hard to talk about especially right now on March 1st as we're, that we're recording this. They have Houston at 9 p.m. tonight. Yes, that game um, might not be very pretty to watch. Let, so I, knowing what I know about you, you <laughs> have two options tonight. You have either UC at Houston or the State of the Union address. Oof. Which one are you, you going to tune into? 
Depends how much I'm hating myself when I sit in front of the TV. <laughs> all right. So that, that's, uh, that's all I wanted to ask about that. I knew I would get a good uh, response there. So what's, what are your thoughts on the, the basketball team this year? I know, let's see, how long have you been a, a Bearcats fan before you even Oh, man, that? I've been a Bearcats fan since I can remember. Um, the, the first teams I really remember watching were the I remember bits and pieces of the Final Four year, 91-92, but 92-93 is when I really had memories of the team. So Nick Van Exel was obviously my favorite player of all time. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I've been a huge fan since then. We had season tickets growing up. Um, was a ball boy for the team. Um, went to school, was a manager, obviously, my freshman year there. Um, yeah. So this year's team, you know what? Um, it's tough, you know, going from Cronin to Brannon. Um, to Wes Miller, they didn't have they have not had any continuous recruiting really. Yeah. Um, the last three years, so you're kind of putting yourself behind the eight ball. Um, would have been helpful if they, if Eason would have stayed too, just to have some more playmaking building and scoring. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a difficult year to watch. So having Tari would be so close right now. Yes. Um, yeah, he's doing big things down in LSU for yes, sure. Yes. Um, well, who uh, do you have a favorite player on the roster this year? Um, I would. That's tough. Um, probably Jeremiah da- Davenport, local guy. Local guy, and he he kind of has that. I like how he plays. He plays hard. He's a fiery guy. He's kind of a streaky scorer, but when he's hot, he's hot. But yeah, I like him. I not necessarily this year, but for the future, I like Vic. Big Vic, the yeah. Big Ru- Big Ruski. He's. Got a lot of ability. He's very coordinated, as you know, stupid as that might sound. Not a lot of big men can move and are coordinated around yep. the hoop. And he looks to have it. He just needs, you know, some um, actual playing experience and you know some more work. And I think he'll be good. But I also like to Julius. He's he can fill it up. Um, those are probably the, the three guys that I that I particularly like on this team. Okay, so you. Uh you kind of already said that uh, you, the Nick Van Exel, favorite player of all time, uh, classic. Um, I was a couple years younger than you, so I don't, I don't remember the Van Exel years, Final Four Mostly team. probably NBA memories then at that point. So Yeah, so I remember so as a kid collecting NBA cards. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Van Exel, one of my favorite players when he was with the Lakers. The reason like, I've been a Lakers fan really since then, and like I, I kind of still remember being a kid and like, turning over that card – and like having having his college stats on it, and it's saying University of Cincinnati. I'm like, wow! Like, and I, like that blowing my mind. I'm like, so, so then that absolutely turned my interest to UC. Okay. And then like, you know, like Mel Levitt years when I really started, uh, you know, diving into it and being where I'm from is always it's Buckeye country, yep. right? So like, I believe that any like that. 2 UCLA loss in the tournament. Do you remember that that loss? That was uh, Steve Logan, my favorite player of all time. That was his senior year. And I remember coming to school the next day, and my math teacher was like, hey, how about them Bearcats? And I was just like, man, I have some words for you, but I'm, I'm just going to walk down the hallway here. That that was – that UCLA team, first of all, was the most talented nine seed of all time because Ole Miss was the eight seed that year. But they had like Dan Gazzarek, Jason Capono – Cedric Bozeman, um, they had some other. I think Matt Barnes might have been on that team. Hmm. They had a lot of guys, but yeah, that Steve Logan 
Leonard Stokes had a great game. He, I still believe, I don't know if it was the end of regulation or the first overtime where he was fouled and they didn't call it. So yeah, well, and if I, my memory serves me right, I've not gone back and like watched highlights or anything from that game, but I remember like towards the end of the game, some I don't know if it was overtime or what, they ran out like UC ran an out of bounds play that where like Logan or somebody had the ball out of bounds. Someone came out of bounds with him. He threw it to that guy, and then like lo- like bullet pass back to Logan. And I had okay. never seen that before. Yeah, okay, yeah, and yeah. that blew my mind. Yep. And I'm just like, wow. Like that just like added to that whole like mystique or whatever that UC had at that time with, yep. uh, with everything that 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 was. So uh, good. Plus uh, they had those jerseys back then. Of course, the Jordan jerseys. The Jordan jerseys. They, I don't know. I've seen like people say like. They looked like a street ball team, and they played like one. And hey, like, they were the first team that one of their predominant uniform colors was all black. Like, yeah. that's what they did. They went out there, and I've, I, I, it was probably a couple seasons, but they give you the souvenir cups. It said "Intimidate, Dominate, Celebrate" on it. Yeah, that was. I don't know. It was one of the. Might have been the Danny Fortson year where they came out with that. But yeah, that's definitely was definitely part of. It's part of what drew me to UC basketball, honestly. Other than growing up immersed in it, going to games, and my entire family's fans but that's like to this day that's what one of the things I like about Wes Miller to circle back real quick um I never was a fan of Brandon I never was a fan of Brandon really um I I don't there's a lot of things he did that just still to this day blow my mind like Mm -hmm. coming here and immediately button heads with Jaron Cumberland yeah the reigning conference player of the year (laughs) I'll never understand that but Wes Miller when he came in and his introductory press conference when he was just I mean, he's, I think he's 37 or 38, so he's, he grew up watching that. Yeah. Not necessarily watching, but he grew up around that yeah. Huggins, Bear, early 90s, mid-90s, 2000s Bearcats. So he knows what they can be, and he's, he's definitely embraced that, or at least he's talking the talk. So while this year hasn't been great, I am optimistic with him. I like the hire. Um, so he's, we're starting to recruit better, too. Yeah. So we'll let see me, how that goes. Let me ask you this on that, on that same topic as Wes Miller. I was – at first, indifferent and didn't. It wasn't like a, a wow hire to me. You know, I wasn't. I wasn't really uh, that excited for it. People in the podcast know that. Um, but the the press conference, like you said, what he's done since then. You know, I've been pretty impressed with with what he's done. And I've heard like this year's been tough for many many reasons. Like I, you know, we we miss a a primary scorer. Like really, on any other team, DeJulius is probably. The second option. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the recruiting is, is, is gotten better. The two new, the two guys, two of the three guys that I'm excited for next year. But do you, some people I've I've heard say that they are ready for UC to be this average again next year. Do you think looking uh, ahead? Do you think that's like you, as in we want there won't be much improvement? Yeah, like another I don't know what we're seven and nine in the conference. I mean, we're average in a below average conference right now. I mean, I, I'm optimistic. I mean, this year's been rough, but virtually everyone's back. Um, I know. I don't know if DeJulius might have an extra year with the COVID he, year or whatever. He, he hasn't, hasn't announced. Year he hasn't said anything yet, though. Um, Newman just did. Newman is coming back? He's coming back. Okay. Um, I'm not really the biggest Newman fan. Um, he he just, man, He's got let him energy. shoot. Let him shoot, and he can't do anything on the offensive end. He's yeah. kind of a liability out there. Uh, if he can start knocking down some jump shots, maybe. But as 
leading scorer on Saturday. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that that might have been why they lost. Right. But, um, right. <laughs> um, no, but the I know the the Skillings guy and I think Reed yeah. are two promising young guys. And I mean, hell, with the transfer portal in twenty twenty two, who knows what's possible? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So. We'll that, see. Yeah, the transfer portal will always like that's like the biggest question mark. Like, of, I mean, I, I still think building a program is based off of what you can get out of high school, like Absolutely. long term, especially at, at UC, not mm-hmm. the the one and done Kentuckys or whoever else is getting. Like, you want, excuse me, you want that longevity. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. So, I, but still, the a different. You can always get a difference maker. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and one difference maker can be the difference between a twenty and ten team and twenty five and five, and right, yeah, I, and there'll they'll be there'll be player development on our roster. Um, like I said, I'm, I think Vic can be a, a nice piece. Yeah. Um, we could have the Julius back. Davenport will get better. Um, Saunders, Mason Madsen's another guy. Like, um, he reminds me of one of those Villanova guards that they always seem to have. That's a, yeah. I, I don't I don't know if he's quite as good as as a Gillespie kid or. All the other ones of the past, but he kind of remind. He's at least of that mold. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I I I'm confident in the, in the team to get better moving forward. I, a lot of it has to do with some blind faith I have in West Miller, but all right, so, I, I would agree. I think we're on the same page on a lot of of what we're discussing so far, which I, that's good to know. I appreciate that. Uh, going, let's let's rewind the tapes though. Okay. All right. We've we have uh, we are recording this on March 1st, uh, Tuesday. We got Houston at Houston tonight like we said. Uh, lost by 22 the first time. The bar for me was will our coach be on the bench at the end of the game? Uh, you know, that the first time. Yeah. So as long uh, as long as Miller does that, it's a win. It's a win. That's where the bar was going into the, you know. Well, <laughs> in the, since it's, I got to believe they're going to overlook us tonight a little bit, maybe take us a little lightly. And and, like it's already everyone. I mean, you know, local media, you know, they're – I was listening to, to Mo on the way over here. You know, that not not a lot of faith going into to the game tonight. So, could play to the advantage of the Bearcats. Could be, at least to keep it competitive. Yeah. What's the, what's the line tonight? I have not seen it. Okay. I have not seen that at all. That's a good question. I would probably take the Bearcats with the points. Okay. But that I don't know what it is. I don't know either. I don't. I don't know either. I, I'm not connected to the Wi-Fi here, or I would look it up. So, all right. Well, hey, Mike, some free advice there from from Pat here. Let's uh, so rewind here. Let's let's. We talked about uh, our thoughts on this season. You said your favorite player is Nick Van Axel. Growing up, getting involved, uh, watching the Bearcats at that time. Give me your best from from then on. Give me your best UC basketball memory. My best UC basketball memory. Man. Why don't we start with my worst? Okay. Just because I got that on my head. All right. it's, it's easy, and I'm sure there's plenty of people that already know what I'm going to say. I was in eighth grade um, history class, I believe, at Sycamore Junior High when I was walk- or was heading to um, history class when word was going around the hallway that Kenyon Martin was injured. Oh, man. And there, to this day... There's not a person in the world that can convince me that UC does not win a national championship that year. With Kenyon Martin, Pete Michael, Jamar Johnson, Logan Satterfield, Jermaine Tate, Ryan Fletcher, Michigan State's best player was a pass-first point guard, Mateen Cleaves. <laughs> yeah. And Morris Peterson, their second-best player, would have been the second-best small forward in the game because Pete Michael was better than him. And that, like we were talking about earlier, when UC kind of intimidated teams – 
Kenny Martin was the best offensive player, best defensive player, and like the best leader in the country. Like he maybe doesn't get enough credit. It doesn't for, for the leader leadership it's, aspect. He was incredible to this day. Until Joe Burrow and the Bengals, I don't think I ever saw like a more impactful player in a game in all aspects. When I say all aspects, offense, defense, like leadership, making players around them better, mm-hmm. the type of sh- stuff you can't necessarily measure. And Kenny Martin had that. And some people might call that the that it, might be the, the it factor. yes the it factor. If you yeah, know. that might be the worst day of my life. Okay. Okay. To be completely honest, let me. So I still don't have my favorite memory right now, but I'll come up with one soon. Okay, so let me let me ask you to compare this because uh, I, I do a blog as well sometimes whenever my muse is entertained, and I did like I forget the whatever number it was, but I did the worst basketball losses over the last twenty years. I don't know if it was like seven or ten or whatever it was, and Max, a mutual friend and also a friend of the podcast, okay, he Max. gave me a lot of shit because I put. The Nevada loss, number one. It was bad. Over the loss in that game that you just described. And I've, I'm blanking on who, St. Louis. St. Louis. St. Louis. We right. just beat, I think, um, literally the week before that game, we beat St. Louis by about 40 points on senior night, too. Yes. It was the last game of the regular season. Beat them by about 40. First round of the Conference USA tournament. Kenyon goes down. We'll lose the game. So... I, I still to this day, if like we're drinking enough, I'll argue with Max about this because he's fun to argue with. Yeah. Um, so I put that as number two. He likes to argue when he's wrong a lot, too. So <laughs> that's why it's fun to argue with him. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, so I, I, and my, my defense for putting the uh, Nevada game over that was that the loss, the, the loss of the game, the Bearcats are still number one seed in the NCAA tournament if they lose that game. Two. Or they well, they became a two seed, right? They they did because so if they want, they probably won the tournament. At least they beat St. Louis. They'd have probably got a one seed. Absolutely. So the consequences of that loss was not as dire as the the Nevada loss. How quick, do you feel about this? Quick counterpoint. Yeah. If Kenny Martin does not break his leg, UC wins the national championship. Do you think Nancy Zinfer can get rid of Bob Huggins? Ooh. If that doesn't happen. UC was about to have Devin Downey, O.J. Mayo, Bill Walker, and Michael Beasley. You're going to tell me Michael Beasley went to Manhattan, Kansas to play for Kansas State for hugs, but he wanted to come to Cincinnati to play for UC. So, you want to talk about impact greater than the game? Outside, okay. You know, that's never been brought up. And, and arguments with with, uh, with Max or well, anyone else that doesn't shock me. So I, I appreciate that. That's Absolutely. that's a good point. Uh, that has me re- that has me thinking a little bit. So uh, you know I want to I'll chew on that for a little bit. I, I appreciate that. And, and, and I, I do like that Nevada game's right up there. Um, but I mean, man, you can go to the Elite Eight game against Mississippi State. You see it just be I think Georgia Tech and Stephon Marbury in the Sweet Sixteen. And we play Mississippi State and Eric Dampier and some guy named Dante Jones out of nowhere makes a bunch of threes and they go to the Final Four. I can throw out, there's a, I don't remember what year it was, but when um, we played Iowa State in the tournament, Darnell Burton was on the team, who's my top 10 all time Bearcats, right around 10. But um, he gets uh, the ball late in the game, we're up. A player rolls up his leg, they don't call a foul, they call travel. Mm hmm. 
that was another second round of loss of the Huggins there that we had so many heartbreaking. Or the, what about the West Virginia one where the the guy banks a shot at the buzzer? At the buzz. I mean, there's so many heartbreaking losses to count. Yeah. But I mean, that, that Nevada's up there. Honestly, I haven't watched a second. I haven't watched a highlight. I haven't read an article about that game since after that night ended. I mean, it it took me a while to not get pissed off at just here just the mention of that game. Like I was watching that with my dad, my whole family, and like I'm feeling great. Oh yeah. Like, and and it was like the Red Sea parted for UC because Virginia had already lost as a, as the one seed. Like you have what Chicago Loyola, and like, then after that who, was Kansas like, State, who we beat in the tournament the previous year. Yeah, it's like it was, like you said, it was just man. It was there. I it was, was there. That's a, that's 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 it's up there. It's yeah. up there for sure. Yeah. I'm with you. So. Still don't have the best one though. Too many to count. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, a lot of it. Like, I would. One of my favorites is the um, Big East semifinal win over Syracuse. Love that. That was like when, I mean, the Cronin era was officially here, and Cronin had some good teams, and that team, that team was really good. Whether it was Kilpatrick, Cashmere Wright, Nancy Gates, one of my favorite. Bearcats of the current era is Rashad Bishop. Okay. His senior year when they lost to Kemba in the tournament, uh, if, I, if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure that Rashad got hurt towards the end of the year and wasn't, like, fully himself. But we gave UConn everything they wanted in that second round and probably gave them the best game of their tournament. Uh, I think there was, like, a travel or something that um, Kemba Walker got away with late that absolutely broke our back. Or maybe he stepped out of bounds. I can't remember. There's so many games with UConn that just blend together. Yeah. That, like... Like and then some of them, like how the hell? Like there's a, there's a buzzer beater that like a three quarter court buzzer beater that comes to mind where they don't start the clock they, until yeah. like he's got three steps on the floor. Yeah. So, but oh, Great Alaskan shootout. I, I I remember I watched that. It was obviously on it late. It was in Alaska. Yeah. And um, I was actually at a bar mitzvah that night, and we went back to my buddy's house. So it was like a couple of us, and we watched that game and. That was awesome because that Duke team was that Duke team was stacked. Stacked, yeah. Stacked. Elton Brand, Trajan Langdon, William Avery. I'm sure, there's a bunch of others I'm forgetting. Chris Carrawell was on the team. No, maybe he's gone. I don't know, but they they were stacked. They were stacked, and and the the dramatic fashion that that game yes. was won yes. was an all timer. Yes, For no, the I, I don't just in UC history, but college oh, basketball. Yes, absolutely. Like that whoever had that play in their pocket was. Uh, hugs or whoever that was phenomenal Fletcher to Kenyon to Melvin yeah the helicopter so, hell yeah and that was about the time that I think I came in like was w- w- maybe like right after that that would have been like something. November 98 I think because okay, it was yeah. preseason to that 98 99 season yeah. so about that time it was things got really like interesting for me as a fan so but I, they were yeah. that they were stacked you think about that team because that team well, I guess it, that's the same team as the 99, 2000, just a year younger. So they had, I'm trying to think who were all the starters. Well, they had Alvin Mitchell was playing earlier that year, who was he kind of fell off towards the end. But Steve Logan was playing. Obviously, Pete Michael, Kenyon, Fletcher, Tate. I'm trying to think who was the other guard. Mel, Mel Levitt was the guard. Yeah. So basically, they lost Mel and they got Kenny Satterfield, Demar Johnson. Yeah. 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 Was, they had some talent. Always did. Oh, yeah. Always did. So. So so let so you going into UC, 
as a student, freshman yes. year. Now, uh, we are fraternity brothers. Yes, uh, Did you rush your freshman year? Um, I did, but I, 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 I rushed, but I didn't go through D-Week until the spring. Okay. So, like, I wasn't a brother. I rushed fall, uh, rushed fall, I'm sorry, but I didn't go through until the spring. So, okay. Yeah, so, okay, I did, so around, so that, you got plenty of responsibilities yes. from f- being a new uh, pledge. And then, yes, then, and, and, then, and that's kind of why I wasn't able to go through D-Week, because I, I, I missed a bunch of stuff, so I had I couldn't do it till the next quarter, okay. or, or whatever exactly it was. Okay, so I I don't remember if we've, if we've hit this, but I definitely want to hit this. So your you're, you're freshman year, you're rushing, you also decide to become a, a manager, well, or how do you how does one... As a freshman, become a, a basketball manager. Well, I I, I originally um, wanted to walk onto the team, and um, I played at Sycamore High School. And um, Dan Peters was at the time was the I don't know if he's associate head coach or he was one of Bob's assistant coaches. And his son played at Lakota East, so I had a meeting with uh, Dan Peters about trying to walk onto the team. And then um, a couple weeks after that. Um, Jumped on Cincinnati.com or whatever it was, and he'd accepted the associate head coaching position at Ohio State. Okay. So I kind of didn't have an in all of a sudden, and uh, by that point, I don't know, things progressed, and, you know, some, they already had walkout picked or whatever, because it's, that's pretty, you gotta kind of have to have a connection to even like, I mean, they'll have the walk on tryouts, but, you know, you gotta, they gotta, yeah, they gotta know somehow. So, the next best thing, my mind was to be a manager and then try and walk on. Okay. So that's that's where it happened. Um, I had, I knew another guy that um, he was at the time director of basketball operations. His name was Corey Brin. Okay. Uh, he also went to Sycamore, so I w- I got put in contact with him and I got the job, and um, so yeah, that's how I got into that, and uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience in many in many different facets as I'm sure you can imagine. Okay. But um yeah, so that's how I got into the the managing. So give us uh give us a, a roster rundown. Okay. So this is Hugs last year. Yes, Hugs last year would have been 2004-2005. Um see here the starters are probably point guard either Chad Moore, Jahad Muhammad, um James White, uh Nick Williams, um Armin Kirkland, Jason Maxiel, um Roy Bright and Vincent Banks were the freshmen. Um, Azrange Suleiman was another guy. He had uh, he liked to drink wine, from what I understand, but he was not a very good player. Um, I'm trying to think of their. I'm sure they're missing someone. But yeah, that, that, that was the main guys. Hick, yeah, I I don't know how I could forget Eric Hicks. That's he's my fifth favorite back out of all time. So all right, so a lot of those guys still mentioned. Definitely, they definitely live in Bearcats lore. Absolutely. Still to this day. Oh, yeah. So, absolutely. Interesting time to be a manager. Yes. You don't get young, fiery, I'll say that with quotation marks, hugs. Yes. You get the seasoned vet hugs. Yes. Um, which. Probably equally as fiery, but oh. I, but point taken. Point okay. taken. He, he did tone down a little bit. Okay. So, the, we'll, maybe we'll, we'll learn some why fiery is probably not the right term. At this point, today. he was jumping through hoops for Nancy Zinfer. Okay. Because you know the whatever happened had happened at that point. Right. Okay. So we, so we have we have our roster. We have our year. Um, so, so do you do you interview for this role or? Uh, um, I didn't. I I knew it. Well, I I shouldn't say that. I met with him kind of informally. Um, 
but we had a lot of uh, connections, and they they had a spot open. So okay, it was kind of at that point it was my spot to lose. Okay, that sure. Sense. What um, did they describe to you what you would be doing? What what's your, what's a what's what does a manager do for the basketball? A lot of team? rebounding. Okay, a lot of standing around watching. Um, I mean, obviously there's a lot to it. You, you get there about a half hour before practice. Um, anything the coaches really need. Um, and then throughout practice, whether they need someone to throw up a brick from three in a rebounding drill or whatever, you know, you're just kind of there for the coaches um, and the players as well. Um, and then obviously afterwards, you, you kind of hang around and make sure everything gets put away after practices. Um, but as a freshman, I didn't have to travel, which was nice. So okay. when the team was on the road, I would be off. So okay. it gave me a you know chance to you know recharge my batteries because practices. We're every day from three to six. Let's Huggins was three hour that. practices, okay. and they were every bit as intense as you heard of, and it was it was it was an awesome experience. So you listed a lot of players. What what ones? Which players do you remember interacting with the most? Like if you you know you're headed into to practice for a day, you know you're going to talk to or, or interact with, with um, which ones the most. I know Eric Hicks is gonna fuck with me, <laughs> but 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 never in a bad way. He's he's a great person. I love Eric Hicks. If I yeah. see him out today, like if I run into him at a bar down at homecoming, he will come up to me, grab me, pick me up, give me a hug. Like he's he's an awesome person. Um, so I, him, he'd be one. The Jihad Muhammad was another guy. Um, he used to call me um, don't know shit because <laughs> he would always ask me questions about what we're doing in practice or whatever, and I would always tell him, I don't know, because they don't tell me shit. Right. So that's just what he called me. He thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. Um, those guys were good. James White was a nice, another good guy. Um, yeah, most of the guys, I mean, there's, there's only one person that I'm not going to name that, uh, you know, I was not a fan of. He's kind of a dick, and I feel like the entire team felt that way as well. So okay. it wasn't just me. All right. He was a dick. <laughs> All right. Now, wh- Manager or your relationship, whether is this something like where after a game or after practice, like a Friday night, you'd go hang out with the team, or is it like not that type of? Um, I shit, I don't even. John Meeker and Ryan Passwald were the walk-ons that year. Um, Ryan Passwald was a is to this day is a good friend of mine. Like I hung out with him a lot during, and he he hung out with Eric Kicks, so I hung out with Eric Kicks through him a lot and chat. They lived in the same building as. Ryan lived in the same building as Chad Moore and I think Nick Williams and maybe Jamal Lucas, who was also walking on that team, was in that building. I can't remember. But, yeah, so I spent a little bit of time, but not not a ton. But if you saw them out at a a, a bar or a party, they would they were they were always great. They would talk to you like you were a friend, so, you know, it helped, okay. helped out with, you know, the people that you're with or whatever. But, no, like, I mean, I wasn't uh, – there was, there was definitely a little bit of separation. Okay. All right. So so tell, so you you hit on uh, one of the nicknames that you had. Yes. I might have heard at least of one other that you had. So, and, uh, Roach. Roach. That was Roach. what Hicks called you. Yes. So what, what's the story behind that? Um, what he told me was uh, it was, like, the first day that I came in for, like, conditioning – um and they have nicknames for all the for all the managers, and um he told me that it looked like I just got done smoking a roach, so he's gonna call me Roach. Now whether that was it or this is right around the time well not right around the time but Malmo's Most Wanted, the movie where Jamie Kennedy plays the one guy's white slave Roach. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's one of the two, but 
I don't know exactly. That's that's what he told me, and that's that's the what I think. So okay. I don't know. But like I said, Eric Hicks, wonderful person. So if you hear this, Eric, I, I love you. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you remember any of the other managers' nicknames? You yes, said? one was Shaggy, um, Shaggy Hair. One was um, Tom Green, looked like Tom Green. <laughs> one was Bobby Hill, looked like Bobby Hill. Um, and then the senior, I don't know. I can't remember what his name. His name was Evan. He did have a nickname, but they, I think at that point they just called him Evan. Maybe if you make he it the senior the year, yes. Yeah, make it, I only did it my freshman year. Okay. Um, to this day, I might say I, I quit because they fired hugs, but I quit because that it was a t- big time commitment. I was, you know, maybe not yeah. but well, real quick before I forget, because this was, I don't know how I forget it, but the, um, the malice in the palace that happened okay. during that basketball season. This this is the the Pacers, Pistons Detroit fight. Pistons melee, well melee. documented, uh, fighting in the stands, cups being thrown, Ron Artest going wild. Okay, yes. so so tell us what I I have no idea what's what's about to be said. So um, uh, yeah, we, we kind of briefly talked about just to, for the the listeners, we briefly kind of talked about uh, a couple of my memories, and for some reason I didn't bring this up before we before we started the podcast, and um, so. UC had a game earlier in the night. I couldn't tell you who we played, but one of our jobs as the managers was um, you had to took Bob Huggins' clothes from the coach's locker room out to his car, which is parked like right by the stadium. It's not like too far of a walk. It's not like he probably uh, could take it himself. Yeah, Yeah. and he could have probably done himself, but he had me there, so you know that was my job. Um, But so, anyways, I'm I'm sitting in the locker room waiting for the coaches to. Get moving so I can do that. And that game just happens to be on the TV. And the so the coaching staff is, at this time, Bob Huggins, obviously, Andy Kennedy, um, Keith Legree, and um, Frank Martin. Okay. So I ended up watching the Mouse in the Palace with those coaches. <laughs> well, were they reacting in real time? It, it was a lot there? of, like, shocked and, like, just like, holy shit. And so... They kind of quit, like, getting like, leaving. They just sat down and started watching TV, and I just sat there patiently like a fly <laughs> on the wall waiting for him to fucking stop. But um, it, was, it was crazy. Huggins started going into um, some stories from, like, early in his career, like where he wanted to go into the crowd because of whatever was getting screamed at him. But yeah. either someone grabbed his arm or he thought better of it, and he never did it, obviously. Um, so a lot of it was like that. They were kind of, like, talking about situations they've been in. But, yeah, that's, like, kind of one of the cool things I ended up seeing. Like, watch The Mouse in the Palace with Bob Huggins, Frank Martin, Andy Kennedy, and Keith Legree. That's, that's pretty cool. That's, that's a nice memory to have for sure. I like that. I like that. We, we didn't discuss that before, the, before recording, but that's, that's a nice little nugget you have there. That's, that's pretty unique. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, um, some, you know, I would bet if, if Huggins – would talk about the experience that he's had where he's maybe wanted to go into the stands. I feel as though Memphis would be up on that list. Um, the, I, I the, feel as though they, they gave him a pretty hard time. Yeah. Well, you got, everyone did, man. Everyone True. did. And we were, we were everyone's Super Bowl back then, especially in conference USA days. Mm, conference USA. Charlotte, Diego Guevara blowing the kisses. Yes. It's well, We'll get into that more of that in a minute because you you do have a a Charlotte story here I, or some version of it. So <laughs> we'll we'll get into that. So let me you kind of already 
talked about uh, the three-hour practices that Hooks yes. had. I don't know if you listened to uh, Alex Meacham's podcast. Or- uh, I, I, I've, I've, I've heard, like, he did an interview with, um, I think it was Pete Michael, because Pete yeah. Michael's another one that's one mile time. He's top five for me, um, and, I, and, I, and I listened to that. Um, but I, like I was telling you earlier, I've never listened. I've never listened to a full podcast. Like okay. I'm not a, not I, not a, so first first time I'm a dinosaur. appearance. That's all right. So so he he uh, his thing is he brings back former players, talks to him, interviews him, gives the whole rundown. You know, recruiting. Why'd you come here? All that stuff. Um, and everything. Almost every single time with every person he interviews, they talk about the three hour practices yes. that Hugs had. And you've already hinted on that, but like. As someone who's never experienced that, you know what stands out to you as someone who, you know, what were you, like some of the things that you, you said rebounding, recording well, practices. Yeah. What made those practices so intense? Um, for well, one of the things is like a lot of coaches like well, you'll do a drill where it's like you have to get two stops in a row to get out of the drill. It'll be like a defensive drill, and some coaches like will say that you have to get, you don't you're not out of the drill until you get two stops in a row. You get a guy out there that can't stop anyone. Most coaches, after, you know, five, six turns, will be like, all right, get out, next guy in. You literally did, practice did not end. So, like, for one example, I was talking about, I brought up Azrange Suleiman earlier. <laughs> um, I remember he was literally on the defensive end doing, like, had to get two straight stops to get out of a drill and was literally out there for, like, a half hour because he couldn't get it. And, like, they kept throwing out, like, at one point it was just, like, walk on after walk on after walk on. He still couldn't stop him. <laughs> so it's, like, that right there, I mean, like, I don't know, like, it's, like, that type of stuff. And okay. You're running sprints. you got to make it in the time. Do it again. You're doing it. And, Do it and it, that three-hour practice might turn into four-hour practice. Might turn into five-hour practice. Okay. All right. So that, I'll, okay. That and it's the old, like, like if, if you think you're playing hard, you're not playing hard enough. All right. I mean, I mean, you know, you bring up that as coaching on a completely different level than what Hugs does. You know, like I've definitely been guilty of that. Like I'm tired of like I'm tired of whatever you're doing. Give me the next person in there because mm-hmm. you're either getting on my nerves, you're not doing it. You're taking away from everyone else's practice time. Exactly right. Like give me someone else who who can get in here, but you know, just digging your heels in. Like you're gonna you're gonna get to stop or be damned. That and and you didn't want to be on the receiving end of one of his tirades. Okay. All right. So, from from that year, as uh, the you know oh four oh five season, what are some of the the highlights, the top moments, just from that season that that you took away after the experience? Um. Obviously, um, watching the mouse and the pouse with those those characters was. Was one of them just cause more so because it was a unique time. It was a that was a time in history that everyone remembers. Yeah, and I got to watch that with them. That so that one's up there, obviously. Um, another one that was was awesome is um, Steve Logan was coming back and playing with the team a lot. Okay. So he would come back and um, if they were in the locker room watching film, Steve Logan would be out getting up shots and we'd be rebounding for him or just hanging out and talking to him. So Steve Logan is another guy. I, I think you said he's your favorite Bearcat all yeah. time. He's number three for me. Okay. Behind 1A and 1B, Nick and Kenyon. Okay. Um, and at this point, like, he was always kind of a pudgy player. I mean, yeah. I, Huggins made jokes about him eating McDonald's as a freshman or whatever. But by senior year, he was pretty – he was actually pretty cut by senior yeah. year. This year was probably two, three years after senior year. So, he was pudgy. He was, he was not in playing shape. Yeah. But – 
he'd go out there and he would give everyone buckets. Everybody. And so that was cool. I, I, big Steve Logan fan. That was cool. Um, getting to go in the locker room at halftime. Um, uh, they play. They were playing Charlotte. Um, when you're a freshman manager, you only get to go in the locker room uh, one time at a home game. So that's when I got to go in. Um, UC was losing by about 20. And um, the player that I had previously called a dickhead, um, <laughs> there was a play that he did not execute as designed. Okay. And so the entire locker room, or the entire 15-minute halftime was basically him catching an earful, among other things, from hugs and everyone else just... The entire either half-time. staying out of it or you know yeah. whatever yeah the entire halftime no, all fifteen minutes no not X's and O's there was no X's and O's no, was no we're doing this motivation no there was just that and they went out there and ended up winning the game they might not have been down twenty but it was a big I I can't, I can't remember the exact score but it so that was cool who was do you remember who that was against it was against Charlotte okay I think so. Brendan Plavik was on the team. So it was around that era. Some history there with that oh, team yeah. as well. Yes. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I love that. The entire time, just be ra- – just. just – that was it. And it was wild. It was it was an interesting experience. And then, I I don't know, just, just being to be able to be that intimately close to Bob Huggins last year at UC. Yeah. It sucks that it ended, but I don't know. It was – it was, uh, uh, I – that was cool. Trust me, I, I'm appreciating yes. everything here. So you've get, you've given us a couple good stories. Um, you know, really the you know the last thing that I have at least written here. You know, just you know you talked about the halftime experience, the the malice of the palace, which we didn't talk about, but uh, some some of the other stories, whether highs or lows that you care to share, man, and put out there. Well, I'll do this. I'll, I'll give my top five Bearcats of all time, which I've. I think I've named four of them. I mean, I've named them all at this point. Number five is air kicks. Four is um. Four is, is Pete Michael. Okay. Shit, I don't know. Yeah, Pete Michael's four. Then Steve Logan's three. Kenny and Nick are one A, one B. Depends which day you ask me. Um, might as well go out to ten because I feel like we've already talked about all those guys. Bring up some more from the How past. Um. Darnell Burton's in there. Maybe Lizelle Durden, the gunslinger. The gunslinger, yeah. The um the game against Wyoming way back in the day where oh, he got yeah. fouled and made the three free throws at the end. That's that's um uh, I feel like a defining moment of my Bearcat childhood. Okay. Theo Ratliff was on that Wyoming team. Theo Ratliff. Long time NBA. Yeah. I remember him stud, with the obviously. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I'm missing. Uh, Ruben Patterson hasn't got a shout-out yet. Tony Bobbitt. Darnell Burton, I think I mentioned him earlier. He was a, He's a guy that I always loved. Um, and that's all from the Huggins there. Um, Cronin era, obviously SK. Yancey Gates, I, I love him. He was he kind of got a tough rap here, but whatever. He was yeah. – I'm a fan. That 20-point that victory at home versus Xavier is one of my – because I was like – Whole, like being in the stands, one of my top memories. Okay. Like him and Cassius. I think he had like 20, 22 that night. Yancey did. Uh, and just beat the brakes off of Xavier. So that's. Yep. Anytime yep. that happens. That would have been the, the junior. I think his junior. Yep. Yeah. The year before, yeah. obviously, the, the whatever. But I think. Uh, I'm trying to think what else jumps out at me. Wish there was more NCAA tournament success. Yeah, of course. But of course. What are you going to do? Yeah. Where's uh, Gary Clark fit in? 
Gary Clark is he's up there. He's probably right around ten all time. Yeah. He him, I think that my two favorite Cronin Bearcats were probably Gary Clark and Rashad Bishop. Um, just well Cumberland too. I like Jake Evans a lot. I mean, there's a lot of them good ones out there as well. Obviously, SK. Um, Cashmere Wright, who actually lives up the street from me. Yeah, he, he's varsity yes. coach yes. over at, at Clark. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, Kevin Johnson um, is the JV coach at Little Miami. Little Miami. I found that. I went. My cousin plays JV varsity for Little Miami. I went to his game the other week, and turned out that Kevin Johnson was the JV coach. I didn't know that. I thought he was one of the, some other former Bearcat player. Is a varsity coach at I, I want like Woodward. I, I forget exactly where it was, and I thought he was like helping him some way. He might have been doing that because well, I, did, I was talking to my uncle, and he told me that somebody else was supposed to coach the team, and then it ended up being him. So I don't know okay. if he was coaching okay, somewhere cool. else, and that cool. opened up. Yeah. And, cool. But yeah, so he's there. Um, trying to think. Jaquan Parker was a Bearcat. He could have played in any era. Yes, for sure. At least that year that he was, we beat Florida State, and he had like 15 rebounds in the tournament game. Was that the Sweet 16 year? Yes. Yeah, I I remember listening to that game on our way to Panama. Yes, that game was, that game was, obviously was the furthest they went in the Kernan era here, but I, I remember that was when I, they were officially back. Yeah. Good time. So, from, from the stories, the memories that you have, Last question here. We can sort of sort of leave it here. Can you? So I feel as though coaches always have some sort of ism, right? You know, what sayings or their favorite colorful word. Uh, anything that stands out in that regard from from Huggins or any of the from other Huggins. coaches. Did he have like a go to line that? Man, I don't know if he did because, like I was saying earlier, he that man has the most colorful vocabulary I've ever been around. Like. <laughs> Didn't matter what was going on. You, and pra- that's one thing about practice. He would say the most wild shit that, if you, and the last thing, especially as a manager, the last thing you want to do is be caught laughing when he did that. I've heard that. <laughs> so I think I've heard T. Nell say that before. Yeah. So basically, yeah. what you were, you, you could laugh. You just had to turn around. Don't let him see you laughing. Don't let it, it add to it. That yes, escalate the yes, situation. Yes. So, man, I don't know. Honestly, just watching him interact with the guys was cool. Like. Because everything you hear, man, like he was hard to play for. He would be on the on the guys nonstop. But the minute practice was over, walking to the locker room, his arms around someone, whoever right. he's hard on. Yeah. Like it was never personal, and I I think the players definitely understood that. So one thing that we we talked about, we don't have to get into it, but the the, the final point that you made, I think we we, we do need to, to talk about is, uh, you know, he'd give you a hard time at practice, use the most colorful language call you everything but the name on your birth certificate um and i think eric hicks who went through a crazy struggle he got shot before he came yeah, to uc yep. in the quad right yep, he had to yep. learn to basically learn to walk again yep. so he's not the he's not the player that's been recruited you know he's walking around clifton hobbled to yep. say the least he's expect high expectations coming in i'm sure he was one that didn't get any slack Oh. Given to him by by Hugs. Oh, but but as you said, is on senior night. That's who walked him down. Hugs Bob walked Huggins. him down. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, as I, I listen to any other former player talk about that era, it's always, you know, you you knew that once the ball stopped, 
bouncing. Like, oh, yeah. You had that. He He'd had be in there back. joking around with them, yeah. arm around the shoulder, you know, asking about their life, you know, checking in on them. And, and, none of, and it was never like, it was always authentic. It was always authentic. Authentic is a great word, yeah. And yeah. it's like, I mean, I don't know. That it, he, he related to his players well. Those players would have taken a bullet from him. He would have taken a bullet from them. And he gave a lot of people second chances that wouldn't have got second chances elsewhere. True. For sure, for sure, Pat. This has been great. I, I love love the uh, the Schroeder memory lane. Absolutely. I think Bearcats fans they eat this up. They they love the the stories, especially the inside stories that they're not going to get anywhere else. Yes. Um. So, in, anything else you want you want to leave us with? Any any closing thoughts on, on where we are? Your time? Anything that we've talked about? Man, I'm just I'm just ready to start winning again to get to the Big Twelve and maybe get the Jordan jerseys back. Doors are open. Win some games. Doors are that's, open. That's, that's what I'm ready for, man. Uh-huh. I'm excited. Um, Luke Fickle is doing well with the football team. I love I that, too. I season tickets. Right, there you go. Hell, yeah. There you go. It's a good time. It's, I, I mean, all the Cincinnati teams. I mean, I'm not going to talk about baseball because that's not going on, but it's just a good time to be Cincinnati fans. So. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, that's not something that we didn't get to bring up, but I, I feel as though you being from here a little different than me who moved here, but – just me, generally, just a fan of Cincinnati. Yes. Like, if it's good for the city, I'm all about Except it. Except for Xavier. Well, that's in Norwood, they don't so that's yeah, in they don't, Norwood. That's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't, I, right now, they're not making the tournament Nor- either. Norwood so Tech. Yeah. To hell with them. Uh, uh. Um, yeah, Bengals going to the Super Bowl. I'm all about it. Reds aren't going to happen. Doesn't look like uh, from from listening. But if, for the most part, if it's if it's highlighting Cincinnati, I'm here for it. I'm all for it. And absolutely. I, I feel you're the same way. Absolutely. Good stuff. I want to thank you for coming on. First podcast appearance ever. First pod. You know what? I'll listen to this one. It'll be the first one I've listened to entirety. Start so. to finish. Good I'm stuff. In. I'm in. Yeah, so definitely. I'm a podcaster now. <laughs> so just revolutionized past life here. Um, thanks, to Dogberry, for unknowingly hosting us. I didn't tell him we were coming. Um, and shout out again to Jesse for giving us the extension cord to make sure this all happened. I'll leave it there. Uh, Pat, thank you for coming on, sir. Absolutely. Appreciate it, man. Good talking with you. Absolutely. And as always, cheers and go Bearcats.